Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Amen. I just love that youth uh, ministry. They just really set me up for the message that I have for you today. I mean, it was a great setup. Talking about listening. You know, listening to God. Verse you started out with, you know, listening to keys and money and tic-tacs. And, and, and the kids were able to identify those items because they were listening. And we need to be that way when God is speaking to us. We need to be able to hear his voice and know that it's him. But before I dive into that, um, not only is uh, tomorrow's the Veterans, Veterans Day, so all the, I didn't get to see who were veterans and who stood up. But don't forget, you get fed for free tomorrow. <laughs> you can have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> I might make breakfast. <laughs> but today is the Marine Corps' birthday, if you didn't know that. Any wow. uh, Marines here where all the Marines stand? <laughs> I knew that. See, <laughs> they say, like, the Army don't issue your wife, the Marine Corps issued me a wife. <laughs> so, but it's, it's good to be here. Um, I know this is football season, and uh, have we got a college football fan? I'm, I'm going to start with this first because I probably at least any Florida Gator fan. <laughs> no, no Florida Gator. Uh, well, let, let me hear say, go Gators. Say, go Gators. <laughs> All right, what about an Alabama fan? Say, go Rose Tide, you hear that? All right, what about Georgia fans? Oh, the Georgia fans, you got you out number. Let me hear it again. What you say? Go dogs. Okay. Well, Max says, do we have any Jesus fans? All right. And if you are a Jesus fan, let me hear you say, hallelujah. Oh, one more time, you do better than that. Hallelujah. All right. Notice I didn't say, say, go Jesus. Because Jesus is the one who told us to go. He told us to go to all the corners of the world and preach the gospel, right? Amen. So, amen. That's what I want to talk to you about. And so, um, God, he's an awesome God. He is um, a loving God. He is our protector. He's our provider. He's our, uh, uh, he blesses us. He, he's our heavenly father. And there's nothing that he wants more than to have a relationship with each and every one of us, every one of us, some people think that they're not loved because of situations and circumstances, you know, of their home burned down. They think, oh, why am I cursed and stuff? You know, situations are going to happen. It's going to rain on the just and then unjust, you know, alike. So things are going to happen in this world. But we are in this world. We're not of this world. You know, and so God, he loves us no matter what happens. Just like I love my family, no matter what they would do. I, I, I still love them. Uh, they, they, and my kids, you know, coming up, they didn't do everything. They weren't obedient all the time, but I still love them. And we know we're not obedient all the time, but God still loves us, right? Amen. We should look, take that and we should love one another when we don't do right all the time. Just because we, we falter or miss the mark sometimes with one another, we should still love them and forgive them. You know, my, my, my wife and daughter was telling me, you should do that message on forgiveness. And I said, if they ask me back, I will. But that's not my message today. That was a hint. Did y'all catch that? <laughs> no, but this, this relationship that we have with God, you know, there's, there's love. God loves us. We love him. But there's other things besides love that makes a relationship work. And that is communication. 
communication is very important. I mean, because what happens is uh, communication, it restores uh, relationships when you communicate. It keeps a, a relationship strong when you communicate. It helps you to understand and know a person better, resolve differences through communicating. If you're at odds with your brother, don't ignore them. That's what we want to do. We want to shut them off. I'm not going to talk to him. I'm not going to talk to her. But no, you communicate. Because sometimes what we get upset with each other about is petty. It's petty. And we need to squash all of that and communicate. And, you know, it strengthens relationships when we do that. And communication goes both ways. Both ways. Not just with us, one another but also with our Heavenly Father. And, and many people fail to realize that. And so when they go pray, they'll say their part, treat God like he's a genie, you know, <laughs> grant me my wishes, and then they're done with it. But you also have to listen. You have to listen. Because if you don't listen, you won't know if you've gotten what you asked for. You don't know. God might be giving you instructions because you know, God doesn't treat us like we're on welfare. We have to do, we have to work. We have to work for it. God will tell us to go and do something. We have to do something. And so we don't know what he wants us to do if we just say, Lord, Lord, give me this, give me that. I need this. I want that. And then just, you know, amen and cut it off. We have to meditate. I mean, God can speak to us through his scripture. So we meditate on his word, but also just meditate on God just through prayer, through praise, through worship. And when you do that, you know, just, just listen. Because, um, well, let me get into it. Let me just say this. The title of my message, if you haven't guessed it right now, is God Still Speaks. That's why I said the, the children ministry was talking about listening when God, so you can hear when God speaks. And God, he still speaks. And so first of all, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord God, for this day, for this beautiful day. The sun is shining. It's not too hot, Lord. You got us out of bed this morning. You brought us here to assemble before you, to worship you, to praise you, to lift up your mighty name, Lord God, to receive your word. I pray that every ear, Lord God, that hears your word today, Lord God, will take heed to it, Lord, and apply it to their lives, Lord God. And Lord, so I pray that everyone is listening with an open mind, with an open heart, to receive your word, Lord God, and earnestly, Lord, take heed to it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I'd like to talk to you about God speaking to his people. People in the Bible days and people today, like you and I. A prime biblical example of a relationship with God is is in the Bible. There's many examples, but the first one I'd like to talk to you about, give you a few examples between God and Moses. And I'd like to begin with a scripture in Exodus chapter 3, verse 2 through 6. Is it up? Amen. <clears throat> and it says, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. 
And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. And he said, draw not nigh hither. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. This scripture between Moses and God, this was the first conversation that they had, but it was the first of many. <clears throat> Intimacy existed between God and Moses. It was as though God was talking to a friend. Throughout the book of Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, you will hear these words over and over again. And the Lord said unto Moses, And the Lord said unto Moses, Put forth thine hand, and take it by the tail. And that was when Moses reached down to the serpent and picked it up, and it became a staff in his hand again. And the Lord said unto Moses, Rise up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh. That's when Moses said unto Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, Let my people go. And the Lord said unto Moses, Come up to me in the mount. That's where God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. The Bible has many examples of God speaking to his people, and here are just a few. Adam and Eve heard a voice of, of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. God called unto Adam, Where art thou? God spoke to Noah about the coming of the flood and that his, he needed him to build the ark. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared unto him and told him that he shall be the father of many nations. God also spoke to Joshua after the death of Moses. God told him that all the people are to get ready to cross the Jordan River into the promised land. You have to be listening when God speaks to hear these things. Imagine what would have happened if, the, if they hadn't been listening when God spoke. The Bible would be much different today. <clears throat> In the New Testament, God spoke to Paul during the awful storm that caused the ship to go down. Paul relayed the message to the passengers of the crew, and he said to them that, do not be afraid, and no one perish, because you know, God sent an angel of the Lord to speak to him and told him, don't be afraid. I got this. No one would perish. In Revelation 2, 7, the Holy Spirit spoke to his church. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Does God still speak to his people today? If so, how does he do it? Some say that God's voice is like a rolling thunder. Others say it's like a roaring lion. And then again, we read where it's like a still, still small voice. So God, he does speak in various ways. Just as we do, how do we speak and communicate? We might just talk to someone face to face. We may send them a text or an email or just, you know, just kind of social media like and, and reach out to them. Um, we can communicate with signs and illustrations, with pictures, with um, gestures, sign language. We can speak 
to people in different ways, and I mentioned face-to-face, but I can also relay a message and ask someone, to, hey, go tell so-and-so this for me. And that's still me communicating. It's just a medium of me communicating with folks. So there's various ways that we speak to people. And in the Bible, God spoke to his people in various ways. He spoke to people with an audible voice, in dreams and visions, through circumstances, through inner impressions, through prophets, through angels, through scripture, and also through the Holy Spirit. There are people today that believe that God no longer speaks to man. And Satan understands the strategic importance of God communicating to us and Christians hearing his voice. And so he tried to launch various attacks in that area so that we can't hear or that we can believe that we can't hear from God. <clears throat> and there are people who says that God no longer speaks to people. There's doctrine out there. God only speaks to man through the word, through the Bible. But that's not so. Because the things that I'm going to share with you today, I didn't get my instructions from reading the Bible for that. I mean, God spoke to me, and I'm going to share various testimonies of occasions when God spoke to me. You see, what happened with the Bible, God spoke to his people, and they wrote it down in the Word, in the Bible, in Scripture. Well, God spoke to me, and I wrote it down in this message. So it's, it's no different. It's the same thing. God still speaks. Too, too easily we will hear what we want to hear and interpret things how we want to interpret them based on our own self-interest. But sometimes God will tell something that you definitely don't want to do. And I've been there so many times, and see, God, I don't know why, but God sometimes has to tell me two or three times. I'm so glad he's a patient God. Because, you know, sometimes it takes us more than once. Just like parents and kids. You be telling them, and my wife tells me something. I tell I heard you the third time. <laughs> so God gives us, because that people think that, you can only hear from the Bible. God gives us other members in the body of Christ to communicate his word through preaching, through teaching, through counsel, prophetic messages, and at sometimes tongues with interpretation. The re remainder of my message is just going to be um, personal testimonies that I'd like to share with you. Um, it's not going to be like a typical sermon. <clears throat> I once took an inventory. I remember being at work one day, and I just... It just came to me. Let's take an inventory of all the times that God has spoken to me. And, and, and so I took out a piece of paper and a pen, and I started writing down all the occurrences when God has, spoke, has spoken to me. And I got up, I got past 20, and I just dropped my pen, and I began to worship God right there at my desk at work because it was just overwhelming. I'd never done that before. But when you, if you all take the time and do that, and just think about when you, when you hear me give this testimony, it may help you to reflect on something and say, that was God speaking to me. God still speaks. Like I said, I was in the Marine Corps. And I'm going to talk about one occasion, one instance where, where I was in Okinawa, Japan. And I went to this room in the barracks. That's where I was going to be staying. And the person that was there before me was just Oscar the Grouch. He was just a, like he lived in a trash can. The wall locker that I had to take over I mean, it was just, I think he used it for a trash can. There was so much junk in there. So I, I started cleaning it out. I took a small trash can, and I started grabbing things. And I just started putting them in the trash can. And that was a cassette tape that I grabbed. 
and I picked it up. It was broke. It was torn apart. The tape was pulled out. It was mangled up. Someone had even kind of tried to remove the label and stru strike through it uh, with an ink pen. And so I grabbed it, and I'm putting it, I'm putting it in the trash can, and I hear something. God, or someone, I heard a voice speaking to me in my mind, and it said, listen to it. And so I, I pulled it out. I looked at it. I said, you can't listen to that. So I threw it back in the trash. And then the voice said, listen to it. So I took it out, and I put it to the side, and I finished cleaning up the wall lock. And when I finished, I took it, and I looked at it, and I said, this thing is beyond repair. But I took it, and what I did, the part that was mangled so tightly that I knew I couldn't hear that, I took scissors and cut that part off, and I spliced it together uh, with some scotch tape, I wound it back up onto the spool, and I super glued the cassette together. And so after the, the, the glue dried, I took it and I put it in my cassette player. And when I hit play, I heard sound. It was a preacher. And he was talking about backward masking. You know, it was playing songs backwards. And it was, in the, this particular tape, it was, they were playing rock and roll music. This was like 35 years ago, maybe, 35 years ago. And it was playing these, these songs backwards. And they had the preacher, he was, was talking and, and saying what the devil had done through these musicians and through the minds of these, these rock and rollers. Who, and, then, and I was listening to it, and the things, what you would hear, it was clear. And I said, this might not be authentic. So I knew some rock and rollers in the barracks. And I went, I borrowed their albums. And I would play them backwards with my finger going backwards. And he was correct. They was actually saying those things. But God told me to do that. And when he told me that and I discovered this, I started sharing it with my friends. Everybody trying, hey, listen to this. Do you believe this? And I was, they were like, no, man, I don't want to hear that. You know, so that was, I was on Okinawa, Japan. That's a small island in Japan. And there wasn't much to do, but people would go out on Fridays and Saturday nights. They would go out into town just to do things. They would always ask me to go, and I always declined. No, I don't, I'm going to just stay here, stay here and uh, just do things that were on base. But one day, I was just so bored. I was so bored. They asked me to go, and I said, okay, I will go with you. And so we go into town, and then we go. They had all these, you know, I was a mama's boy, kind of like person growing up. And I joined the Marine Corps, and I go to these, the nightlife there in Okinawa. And I've never been in that, you know, kind of situation. I haven't been in that atmosphere where people were partying and drinking and all that. I've never experienced that. So I got there, so I was kind of uneasy anyway. And so while I was there, <clears throat> we went into this place to eat, some, a pub or something to eat, a little restaurant. And in there, they was playing all this rock music real loud, and they had all these posters and things, and then they was playing the song Stairway to Heaven. You all know that song, the rock song? Yeah. If you're prayed up and, and you, you're covered, then you can listen to it. Because the message in that song, I'm telling you, is really eerie. But that song came on, and I knew what the song was saying. And I was sitting in a booth by the window. And, the, I mean, this is where it gets kind of crazy. That stuff is playing, and everything's going normal pace inside here. I'm looking out the window, and people are walking in slow motion like this. They're just walking. And I'm looking, and everything is slow motion out the window. And I look back. Everything is normal speed. And then I'm hearing that song, and I know what it's saying. And I say, look, we got to go. I can't stay here. And they said, I said, let's find somewhere else. 
And they said, we haven't ordered food yet. I said, let's go to the uh, vending machine or something. But we left. They said, OK, they came out. And then we went to this other place. It was a pub or something. And they said, hey, let's go in here. They got food. They got drinks. And so I'm following behind them. And they go inside this place. And as I approached the door, I froze like this. Because, and a voice said, do not enter. And I'm like, do not enter. And so I'm just there. I'm, I'm stuck. I'm just right here frozen. And they come out, Walker. That's what they call you when you're in the military by your last name. They say, Walker, you coming in? I said, I can't. What you mean you can't? I said, I, said, I can't. And so they said, all right, let's do what you want to do. So I called a cab back to the base, back to the, the base, at Fatima Base in Okinawa. And so the cab driver, they're not allowed to drive on the base, so they let me off at the front gate. So I had to walk back to the barracks. And as I'm walking up, that voice came again, the same voice who said, do not enter. He said, go up the hill. And I'm looking, and you know, I'm having this conversation too. I'm speaking audibly. And this voice, I said, go up the hill. And he said, go up the hill. Again, you know, twice. Tell me everything twice. So <laughs> I go up this hill, and there's two small buildings up there, one-story buildings. And I see the light on in one. And I go to the door, and... When I get to the door, it's kind of cracked. And so I kind of open it, and I look in, and I hear a voice say, come on in. It wasn't God this time. It was just somebody in there. He said, come on in. And I said, what's going on in here? And they said, this is our church. I said, this is a church? They said, it's our church. It's what we have church. And I said, right now we're just having fellowship on a Friday night. And they said, well, come on in. So I go in there, and we're talking. We're having good, wholesome fun, good time, just playing games and having food and, and just talking. And nobody ministered to me. Nobody tried to say, get me saved or baptize me in the punch bowl or, or anything like that. <laughs> they, they just, we just had good old-fashioned fellowship. And so at that moment, that became my church. And so I started going to church. I'm just looking how God's orchestrating all these things. In, in my life and how he's telling, giving me direction. Go here, turn there, go up that hill. He's, he's giving me step-by-step instructions. And so now that Easter is rolling around, and growing up, I wasn't big in going to church. You know, uh, they was having a, a Easter sunrise service. I've never gone to an Easter sunrise service in my life. Didn't even know what to expect there. But there in Okinawa, we was up this hill, and then there was the, gr the grass was green. It was early in the morning, and the ocean was right there, blue sky, uh, blue ocean. And there was this huge tree, and the pastor, he stood under the tree, had a little lectern right here, and he began to give what I later learned to be the typical Easter sunrise service. So he started giving his message, and we're sitting on the lawn on blankets and, and towels and things in the grass, and so while I'm there and I'm, I'm trying to listen, I hear this loud noise, uh, a raven. He comes on this side of the pasture and lands on the tree, on the limb. And he's like, ah, ah, ah. And he's flapping around, jumping from limb to limb. Ah, ah. And I'm there. I'm like, what is going on with this? And I'm looking, and everybody's just tuned into the pastor. I'm like, am I the only one hearing this crazy bird? And then it's just like, ah, ah, ah. And then I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, an evil presence came over me. And I say, oh, Lord. I say, should I leave? Should I just go? You know, what is this? And I'm looking around. I say, am I the only one? And so 
I'm about to get up, I'm about to roll up my towel and go back to the barracks. But then a white dove came and perched on the, this side of the pastor. And I'm looking at this dove and this raven over here just jumping around. All of a sudden the raven stops with all the noise and he gets still. And he looks over at the dove and the dove looks over at the raven. And I'm still looking at everybody who's still looking at the pastor. I'm like, am I the only one, Lord? But then I'm watching these two birds interact. And then the raven just took off and flew away. And then the dove looks at me. And it's like I can see the glistening in his eyes. I mean, that's how I tuned in. I was to this, this, this dove. And a calming spirit, a calming peace just came over me. And so... The dove just, he took off. And then I sat there and I listened to the message from the pastor. And then it dawned on me that I just received the best message, the best sermon from God's creation. And it wasn't so much what the pastor said, but it was the symbolism of what took place. There was the pastor standing in the gap with God's word dividing wickedness and righteousness. I'm telling you, God still speaks. That was just one way that God was speaking to me on that day. Take inventory, and then maybe you can reflect and say, I can recall this time when God was speaking to me. God still speaks. And then my wife and I, we were checking out. Anybody heard of Amway? <laughs> Why y'all laughing? <laughs> well, anyway, we went to... Uh, Amway Convention in Roanoke, Virginia. And so, you know, we, we were listening to it and getting the spill, but Sunday morning, they, the, the thing was over Saturday night, but they said, hey, Sunday, Sunday morning, we're going to have a praise and worship. If anybody wants to come and listen to that before they take off to head down the road or up the road, whichever the way they, they came to go home. And so we decided to, yeah, we'll check out the praise and worship. So we was there, and they was playing music and singing, but my stomach was growling, so I got a little hungry. They had one concession stand open in the Coliseum, and so we, we um, go up there, and there's one person working there. And so we get some breakfast, and they had a little table where we can, you know, put the fixing on our food. And while we was doing that, my wife and I was there. Nobody else was around except the person in the concession stand and my wife and I in all this open space. And so we were fixing our food. And then here comes this older white man in a blue suit with stringy gray hair. And he's walking toward us. And he comes up next to me. He said, how you doing? I said, I'm fine. I'm fixing my food. I said, I'm doing fine. How are you? He said, uh, you enjoying the service? I said, it's okay. He said, you know, you're going to speak to people. and You're going to change their lives. And I said, I'm going to speak to the people. I told you how I was. I was a little shy, introvert, quiet person. I said, I'm going to speak to the people. He said, yes. And I said, I'm going to change lives. And my wife was like, what you say, baby? I said, you hear what this man said? I'm going to speak to the people and change lives. She said, what man? I said, baby, for real, he was right here. <laughs> and so he, I looked, and the guy was gone. And I'm like, he was right here. And so, you know, later on, and I started hearing, the, 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 I didn't know the phrase at the time, but sometimes we entertain angels unaware. I didn't know at that time it was happening. I was just kind of freaked out with what was going on. But, you know, it just spooked me a little bit. 
because he was there, and then it was an open space, and he was gone. So later on, we're back in Columbus, Georgia, and my wife loves to do crafts, and she was in this store, Michael's, and it was hot. It was in the summertime. I'm in the car. My wife, she get carried away and talk to everybody and, you know, <laughs> look at everything, flip it around, look at it, read this, read the back. But um, she was in there taking a long time. And I said, I need to go in there and hurry her up. Still that way today. <laughs> I'm glad I drove my own car. <laughs> but she was taking a long time, so I said, let me go hurry her up. I'm, I'm tired. I'm ready to go. So I get out of my car, and I go into the store. I open the doors to, to Michael's, and I walk in there. And I hear, Reverend Walker, Reverend Walker, is that you? So I'm looking around, and I'm like, I'm the only, there was nobody, is the store about empty where I am. I'm the only one here. He said, Reverend Walker, sure good to see you, man. That's how he was talking. And he started walking toward me. And this was a black guy in a, in a I mean, it was a tacky suit he had on, nothing. But he was clean, he was clean. But he had stringy gray hair. And he said, Reverend Walker, it's sure good to see you, man. I said, uh, my name is Walker, but I'm no reverend. He said, you preaching yet? I said, I ain't preaching yet. I ain't preaching ever. <laughs> and so he comes to me and said that. He said, oh, man, it's going to be a great day when you start preaching. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I'm going to be right there watching you. And then my wife comes over. And I said, you hear what this man said to me? This man, he didn't disappear. He stayed. He was still right there. <laughs> and he, I said, this man said, I'm going to be a preacher. My wife said, I told you you're going to be a preacher. You got that preacher knot right there in the back of your head. <laughs> And then, you know, we're talking about the guy, he never lost focus, never lost point. He just kept telling me that I'm going to speak to the people. Same as the angel, you're going to speak to the people, and you're going to change their lives. That's what he was telling me. And then he just walked right past. He said, yes, sir, yes, sir. When you preach, I'm going to be right there watching, too. And he just left. And I said, what was that? And, you know, later on, I said, maybe that man was a prophet. And he prophesied over my life. So God still speaks. In various ways, on various occasions, you know, just like we do, God still speaks. And so, some things started happening in my life. I started kind of feeling like God was trying to get my attention. And it was, Al mentioned I wrote some books. My first book was called The Total Person. And I created a website and I had it out there. So I would get, inform- I would get messages from people and they was come in on the book and things, and they said, are you a, a pastor? Or are you a preacher? And I was like, no, I'm not. And they said, well, you have a call on your life. That's what they would say. But the, the next thing is, like, for 30 days straight, I started hearing this from strangers everywhere I would go. I go to the gas station. I'm at the pump. Somebody come on, hey, you a reverend? I said, no, I'm not a reverend. No, ma'am, I'm not. But you should be. You have a call on your life. I say, okay, thank you, ma'am. You know, and so, but then I go to the library. Somebody's come up. Are you a pastor? I said, no, I'm not a pastor. Well, you have a call on your life. Restaurant. Are you a, are you a minister? I said, I said uh, no, I'm not. Well, you have a call on your life. I said, look, I don't have a call on my life. It began to become annoying for people to come say that all the time. I mean, for 30, it did, I, not a, a missed day, every day a stranger. You have a call on your life. One guy sent me a letter. He said, hey, hey, rabbi. That's what he called him. Hey, rabbi. I said, why you call me rabbi? I picked up the phone. I called him. This guy I hadn't heard from him in a long time. He said, I just called. I was messing with you. He said, man, you preaching yet? I said, man, why you, why you say that? He said, you have a call on your life. And he was the only person I knew who said that. Everyone else was a stranger. So for 30 days to hear that, it became so annoying. And I became a little, 
I guess uneasy with people. And I said, I'm not a, 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 I don't have a call on my life. I said, if God wants me, he literally has to call me, and I know that ain't going to happen. And that was the attitude I developed, and that's what I started telling people, telling me I got a call on my life. Who do you think they is telling me I got a <laughs> call on my life? And, you know, so this, this, this guy I worked with, I got an email. He was going to have a trial sermon, a trial sermon. And I went to him. I said, hey, how do you know that you called to preach? He said, man, you just, you know, my pastor, he, he, he kind of looked over my life, and he thought that I would be a good preacher. Said I have a call on my life. And I said, people have been telling me that for 30 days, that I have a call on my life. I said, I, still, I feel like God is tugging on me, but if he wants me, he literally has to call me. And that ain't going to happen. And he said, actually, I ain't going to Well, this guy stuttered a little bit. And he said, if, 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 if he wants you, he, he, he going to get you. You know, and so, you know, I'm not making fun, but I'm just trying to put it in perspective of how it was for me. Because but when this guy preached, no stutters. Well, I mean, you, there's nothing, you know, indication that he stutters, but he still stutters today. But when he's in a pulpit, I mean, this, if I was, I'd be preaching everywhere I go. <laughs> and, I mean, but, but so he told me, he said that if God wants you, he's going to get you. And I said, okay, whatever, whatever. So I, I'm leaving. And then a few days later, I'm at work. And there was four stories to the building that I was in. And I was going up two floors from, um, I was on the second floor, and I was going to the third floor. And I'm mean, to the fourth floor. And I got in the elevator, and I'm in there by myself. And I said, this is an opportunity to talk to God. I said, Lord, God. I said, why are these people putting these titles on me, giving me, going to label me, and tell me I have a call on my life? And I said, Lord, I, I know what I've been saying and how I've been saying it. And I said, I think I might be a little disrespectful in doing that. And I said, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm not going to do it that way anymore. I'm, I'm just going to accept what they say and not be rude to them. Not, uh, not that I'm accepting the call. I say, because God, um, I... I don't know your word, Lord. I said, I don't even read the Bible. I mean, I try, but I don't understand it, Lord. And then I say, Lord, I'm not ready. And then that's when I heard an audible voice of God. And he said, I'm not calling you because you're ready. I'm going to ready you because I called you. And then they were like, oh, oh, I was on the floor. I was balled up in a knot. It was pain. My whole, I thought I was dying. God spoke to me, and I fell to the floor of the elevator, and I was balled up in a knot, and I was saying, Lord, please stop. Make it stop. I'm sorry, Lord. Please forgive me, Lord. Lord, please, I'm sorry. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do. And the pain went away, and then God started ministering to me. And he told me the same thing the angel said, the same thing the prophet said. He said that you're going to speak to people, and you're going to change their lives. And I said, you know, it's like it was 30 minutes that God was just talking to me and preaching to me or just telling me or he was lecturing me, really. And then I get up and I'm, I'm crying. I get up and I start praising God in the elevator. Lord, I love you, Lord. And I'm on top of my lungs. I'm screaming. It's like nothing else mattered. No one else was around. And then I clean myself up, wipe away the tears, and then the elevator doors open. And I... I strolled to my desk and I sit down, and you can probably guess I was no good the rest of that day. I just sat there at my desk reflecting on what happened, and that was a Thursday. Friday came. I went to work. 
went right back to the elevator. I waited till nobody was in there. And I got in there, and I was just riding, trying to see who God's going to speak to me again. <laughs> nothing happened. So Saturday came. It was a typical Saturday. Nothing happened. I'm like, wow. Was that it? Sunday rolled around. I got up, fixed a bowl of cereal, sat on the edge of the bed, and turned the TV on. And, you know, some, I said, I'm going to get my... You know, TV preacher was on TV, and the voice came to my mind again and said, wasn't an audible voice. I never wanted to hear that again, I'm telling you. Whew. But a voice, he spoke to my conscience, and he said, you go to church today. And I answered back with my mind. I didn't open my mouth. I said, no, nah, I'm going to get the word from TV today. Then a stern voice said, you must go to church today. I said, I guess I'm going to go to church today. <laughs> and so... <laughs> I reach over to my wife and shake her. I say, hey, you going to church? She said, I hadn't planned on it. I said, well, I have to go. She said, okay, I'll get up. I'm going to go with you. <clears throat> we, we went to church, but not, not very often. I had a Bible. I still have my Bible from 40-something years ago. I still have this Bible. But I had a Bible. I used to try to read it, and I couldn't, I couldn't get it. I, tried to, I couldn't understand what the Word was saying. But anyway, my wife got up, and we got dressed. And we was going to church. We was late, you know, getting there. I'm, but I'm driving. And while I'm driving, I began to pray. And I began to say to God, I said, Lord, I said, I hear you. I hear what you're saying to me. And I said, Lord, I submit my life to you. I'm sorry for the way I've been acting, but I submit my life to you. So we get to church. We, had just, we just joined that church for a few weeks or maybe a month prior and so we get there <clears throat> so we didn't really know a lot of people didn't really know the pastor but we joined the church after the second or third visit we joined <clears throat> and but we was always late and we didn't hardly go and we always sat in the back <laughs> no offense to anybody sitting in the back you know? <clears throat> and so <clears throat> we get there and the pastor is preaching on fear and he gets to the part where Peter jumps out of the boat, and when he gets to the part where Jesus reached down to, you know, rescue him from the water, um, I started praying the same prayer in the car. Lord, I submit my life to you, Lord. Anything you want, I will do it. I will obey. And I said, and I commit myself to you, Lord. Whatever you want, do as you please, do as you will. And at that point, the pastor changed his message. He said, when God calls someone, he doesn't call the multitude. He calls the individual. He said, he's not going to call you with your wife. He's not going to call you with your best friend. And right now, he's calling you, preacher. You in the blue shirt. So I'm looking around. Everybody else looking around. Somebody behind me stood up and said, me? He said, no, not you. You right there in the blue shirt. And I looked down, and I got a blue shirt on. <laughs> Remember I said, if God wants me, he literally has to call me. And I said, that ain't going to happen. Look what happened. And the guy said, God is calling you to come up and take your proper place. So I look at my wife. She's probably getting tired of me saying this. I looked at my wife. I said, come on, let's go. She said, uh-uh. He called you. He didn't call me. And so I get up, and I'm going through the chairs, and I'm stepping on people's feet. I'm bawling. And so because I, I can't see, I'm stepping on their feet because my eyes are, are, are all welted up. And so, and so I, I, I get there. And then the, the pastor is saying the same thing that the angel said. 
The same thing the prophet said. The same thing that God was saying to me in the elevator. And he was saying how I'm going to speak to people and change people's lives. Me, a person who couldn't even look a person in the eye, how God was going to use somebody like me. And I realized later on in life it was to show how big he is and what he can do. See, God still speaks. Amen. He still speaks. And so what happened, they come and they sit me right there on the front row next to the associate pastor. I'm sitting right there. And then the, the pastor goes on with his message on fear, and he'll stop by and look at me. And then he'll keep on with his message. And then he, he had, apparently he had to go somewhere. As soon as he finished, he just bolted to the door and left. I said, oh, no, he didn't. I said, how can he do that to me? And then the pastor said, I know, I know he had to go somewhere. And he said, but pastor wants you to uh, come back, and he's going he gonna to talk to you. And so we didn't come to the Bible study the, the next Wednesday that came up. But we did go to church the next Sunday. And, but again, we were late. <laughs> and we sat in the back. <laughs> but then the ushers came and said, mm-mm. He said, the pastor wants you to sit up there where he put you last week. So he took my wife and I up there. And so he started preaching and stuff. He'll look at me and just keep on. Didn't say anything to me. Keep preaching. And then we finished. He said, yeah, I got to go catch this flight. You know, I'll, I'll see y'all. Um, I won't be here Wednesday. I'll see y'all next week. And he started to leave. I jumped up and I went and I grabbed him. He said, no, I got to catch a flight. You know, I said, you don't understand. You're going to miss this flight if you don't tell me, if you don't talk to me right now. And so I said, how did you know? How did you know to say what you said to me when you said it? He said, all right, real quick. He said, I know you and I, we, we came, we, we met in the hallway one day because he was preaching at another church before he come to this, his church. He had two churches in, in the place. So he, he got there late. His praise team be tired singing so long waiting for him to get there. <laughs> you know, but he got there, so we passed in the hallway because we were late too. And so I shook his hand, and he shook my hand, and he said, remember that? I said, I remember, because it wasn't long ago. We hadn't been there long. And we passed each other. He said, the Lord turned me around, and the Lord said, remember him. We're going to call him soon. Okay, then he said, the next time, I was preaching to everybody. And all of a sudden, everybody started vanishing. The whole congregation started vanishing, and you were the only one there. Right there in the blue shirt. <laughs> O'Neal getting nervous. <laughs> but but, but that, that's how it was. And he said, God told me that, he said, he has a good spirit. We're going to use him soon. And he said, but then the third time, he said, right now, right now, call him up right now. And he said, that's what I did. And I said, but I got so many questions. And he said, yeah, we're going to talk. We're going to talk. And so... This was one of those churches. They, they called me, you know, God used him to call me to, for that. But they really went into, ment- into mentoring. So no one really trained me up or sat me down. Nothing was different. I'm just showing up to church now. And so there was no training or anything. And so I said, Lord, I said, what am I going to do, Lord? And then God said, read and pray. So I did that every day. I read the Bible and I prayed to God every day. I didn't know what to read, so I knew that there was 31 Proverbs. So whatever day it was, that's the proverb that I read. And I picked a song because they weren't real long. They was kind of short. And I say, and our people say that it's kind of like a praise of songs, you know, so, you know, you know, do that. And so I did that for three months every day, just that, nothing else. You know, except when you go to church and they say, turn into the scripture. You know how we do. We just turn into that scripture, dust that Bible off, turn it, or look on the screen. But anyway... That's all I did. And then after I did that for three months, I said, let me read the New Testament and see what Jesus is about. And that's really how, my, that was the, the extent of my mentality and knowledge of, about anything. 
dealing with religion or church or God. I mean, but I, I had conversations with God since I was 11 years old. I remember always talking with God, but I couldn't read his word. And at church, we just played in church when I was a kid. And then when I got older, I mean, it was just the ritual, same old, same old, turning this scripture and amen, and that was it. You go home. And so I said, let me read the New Testament. And I did that for three, I read it through three times, the New Testament. I said, well, let me see what the Old Testament talking about. And so in my reading, and then I remember, because all this happened to me that when God called me up using that pastor, May 15, 2005. And so that happened. So when May 15, 2006 come around, I reflected on that. And I was like, oh, wow. You know, because I thought that when God called me, it was going to be like, and I was going to know everything. I was going to know word for word, Bible from Genesis to Maps. I was going to know it all. I was going to be a scholar. It didn't happen that way. I had to put in work. I had to do something. So I read and I prayed every day. And then I realized how much knowledge and understanding I gained in that short year. So when God speaks and we listen and we obey and do what he tells us to do, that's where the transformation comes. That's when it comes. It's not something that's, that's, that's spooky or anything like that. That's how it happens. And so I started gaining knowledge. I would say some wisdom in, in the things of God. And I remember, how much time do I have? I don't know. I'm not, I don't even know when I started. As much as I need. Y'all okay? Okay. Falcons ain't going to win anyway, so. <laughs> All right, let me. Y'all can record it. No, right, we won't be that long. I'm almost done, for real. I'm almost done. But <clears throat> what, I was, what I was about to say is that I went to an event in downtown Atlanta. I was still living in Columbus, but uh, my sister, their church, was, was feeding the, the homeless in, on Ponce de Leon, downtown Atlanta. And so we went there, and we just fed all kind of people and ministered to people. And then that was this one guy, this homeless guy. Uh, he walked over to us, me and my brother-in-law, and he said, hey, they, they stole all my stuff. They took my blanket, and I, they took the little money I had. And I said, oh, who did that? I said, well, we'll feed you here. And he said, he said, Some, something told me to kill him. I got to kill him tonight. That's what he said. I said, God, I don't want you to kill him. I said, what you going to kill him with? And he reached into his pocket, and he had a long, hard piece of tin. And he said, I'm going to kill him with this. I'm going to get my blankets back. And we said, oh, God, I don't want you to kill him. I mean, for him to say something like that. And then I said, throw it over there. So he threw it down. I got it, and I threw it over in the bushes. And then we started, he said, let us pray for you. We started praying for him. And as we was praying for this guy, his name was Leon. We call him Brother Leon. But his name was Leon. And we started praying. And when we started praying, he started going, mm. He was like, mm. And then he started cursing. He started swearing. And then he started growling. And then he started moving like somebody was taking him, moving him all around, and he was just moving everywhere. And so... Then he began, you ever see the wolf man growing up, the wolf man, the old wolf man, and then when they just transformed right in front of you, that's what was happening. His jaw started jutting out where you just see nothing but his teeth, his skin was pulling back tight. Ripplers, believe it or not, you see where those eyeballs come out like that? That's what happened to him. And he just turned into some kind of thing right there in front of us. And then a voice said to me, you don't know nothing about this. You better run from that demon. But this wasn't God's voice. There was another voice, because right after that, this voice said, stand up to that demon. 
and we laid our hands on this guy, and I went to speak, but it wasn't my voice coming out. It wasn't my words coming out, and we were speaking to this dude, and, and uh, he just, and he just started, just, he was just erratic and everything, and then he just took off running right down the middle of the road, punched the Leon. He was just gone. You know, and so we didn't cast out a demon or anything on that time, but, but he couldn't take it, and he left. And so that was my first encounter with demonic-possessed people. I had a few others with that. And I remember my daughter asked me one time, we baptized a guy, and uh, this, things like that was happening to him. And with this guy, he got filled with the Holy Ghost. He was speaking in tongues. He was singing in tongues and everything, but it took like four to five minutes. He was an alcoholic. And it was just coming, you can smell it on him, but he said he didn't drink the day before. But you can smell it just through his pores. But when the Holy Ghost hit him, you smelled nothing. And he didn't go to a 12-step program or anything, and he did not drink alcohol. He was just delivered from that, just that, with that baptism. He was delivered. But what I was going to say, he started like he was possessed. And when I grabbed him, because the um, baptistry was upstairs and the choir was down there, and he like he was about to jump over, you know, down a, a floor. And so I grabbed him. And when I did, I'm like, I'm wrestling with this demon. But what happened first is that I took him down to baptize him, but I didn't bring him up. He came up stiff like this. And I'm like, that's humanly impossible to do that, what he did. But the sounds he was making, oh, oh, oh. And then he started crying. And so, but my daughter, she, she was there to experience it with me. She said, how do you know what to do? I don't know. God just tells me what to do, and I do it. And sometimes, even without thinking, God, do this, do that, and I would do it. So, but God still speaks, and he, he does it in so many ways. And I just have, I think it's one more, one more testimony. Um, but there were so many. I have so many. But y'all got to get to that game, so I'm just going to tell you one more. I was home by myself one day, and I sat down on the sofa, I was going to watch TV, but I said, let me spend some time with God. And so I got on my knees and got up on the sofa, you know, my, rest my hands on the sofa, and I began to pray to God because there was something, remember I said I was shy, I was introverted, I was, uh, just couldn't really associate with people. And that was even while I was in the Marine Corps. And so I'm, I'm out of the Marine Corps at this time, and I'm home, and I said, Lord, I said, why is it that I don't fit in with people? And I say, even in, in high school, I couldn't fit in with anyone. And I said, you know, the, the people who was, was smart and intelligent, I couldn't fit in with the, with the brainiacs. I couldn't fit in with them. And I said, the people who were jocks, I was athletic and stuff. But even though I was on the teams, the sport teams, I, I really didn't fit in with the people. I couldn't associate and do the things that they were doing. And even um, the, the nerds. The people who were nerds, I couldn't fit in with the nerds, y'all. I mean, they wouldn't take me. I'm not, so I'm like by myself, and so I'm dealing with this. And I say, Lord, why is it that I just, why am I alone? That's how I was feeling. I said, why am I alone, Lord? And I said, I can talk to the people, I can preach to the people, but still, I'm here while everyone else is there. And I said, I just can't fit in. And so I get up, I actually, I, I was weeping a little bit because it was something deep in me, and I wiped my eyes, and I got the remote, and I turned the TV on. And when I turned on the TV and the picture and the sound came on, this is what I heard. It was a preacher. He said, the reason you don't fit in with people 
The reason you can't associate with those people who are intellectuals or, or these people who think they are so smart that they're smarter than the Bible. And you got these other people, they're so athletic or they're so popular that they don't need God. They think they're, they're God. And so then you got these other people, they're just brainiacs and they're caught up in their own little society, in their own little world. God don't want you associating with them either. And he said, you know why? And I'm like, why? You know, watching the TV. He said, because God doesn't want you to become contaminated. God doesn't want you with these people who think they know everything, don't need God, don't need his word, don't need to associate with his people. He said, God don't want you with them. God wants you with his people. God wants you to do what he calls you to do. Turn the TV off. Turn back around and got back on my knees and, and just start thanking God for what he has just told me, how he revealed to me. God still speaks. You heard the various ways I've shared with you. God still speaks. But you got to listen. God will speak to you. But why did, he, why did he choose me? Why did he choose to speak to me? I don't know. Is it because when I was 11, I would pray to him all the time? And, you know, I remember my, my mother telling me, when you turn 12, you need to be good because, you know, you're at the age of accountability. And she said that, that God, he's going to hold you accountable and you can go to hell if you be bad. And that's what my mom told me. And I said, but. But I understand now, Mom. I know I have to be good. Why do I have to just be bad until I'm 12? <laughs> and, but, but in a way, at that time, I, I always, I said, let me, let me be good friends with God. And I talk to God all the time, every day, as I do today. I, I mean, from 12, 11 years old to now, I'm always talking to God, even though I couldn't understand his word or, or any of that. I didn't know the Bible. It didn't matter. I had a relationship with God. And God was preparing me from long time ago. I was by myself as a kid because all the other kids wanted to be popular. They might be smoking. They might be cursing. They might be chasing other little girls. <laughs> just stuff like that. And I just felt it wasn't right. I said I have to be godly. And so I'm not saying I'm perfect. Don't, Y'all don't get that. <laughs> don't think that I'm perfect. I'm not perfect. And that's what's so awesome about God. He'll take you in all your imperfections and he can use you he can use you for his glory, for his good. And so I don't know why God chose me, but I just know that when I hear him, I will obey him. And that's all you have to do. If you, if you hear God, and like they said during the children's church, you got to listen so you can recognize the keys, the money, the tic-tacs, the voice of God. Whether it's a roaring lion or whether it's a still small voice, listen. And if you think it's God, it probably is. And one thing I've learned when God told me to do so many things in life, he immediately got the glory from the people that I did it for or, or to or with. He immediately got the glory when he told me, to, hey, do this, do that. And God got the glory right then and there. Because he's going to be glorified. And sometimes God, he calls a person and then he's equipped. He will equip them then like he did with, with David. You know, he called David when he was a little a kid and he equipped him later but sometimes he equips them and then he calls them like he did with Moses you know Moses 40 years in Egypt to learn the ways of the Egyptians and all and then 40 years in the desert to learn the way of the desert and then he called them to spend 40 more years and to lead the people out of Egypt into the desert so he prepared him before he called them so about two years ago from now God called me to start a church here in Fayetteville. 
I'm, I'm about to close, but this is what God did. He called me to start a church here. He told me to come out. This is what he said. He said, I need you to come out from that you're in and come into your own. And then it's like, um, um, that's what he said. That was the words that I heard. And then <clears throat> people were telling me, you should be a pastor. I'm like, no, I don't need to be a pastor. But God told me that. And then I started having visions and dreams of this area. I mean, I'd go to sleep, and that's what I would dream of, this area. I was familiar with the surroundings in Atlanta and Peachtree City, and I wasn't exactly sure where. And then it got to where um, I started seeing this area, Fayetteville. And so three months passed from the day God told me to do that. Oh, but before, when God told me to come out from that into my own, and he started giving me all these other clues of what I was to do, I said, Lord, can you please send someone? Send someone to confirm to me what you said. I said, I believe you, but I want to really believe you. <laughs> so I asked for confirmation. And I, that was, I was praying that prayer on the third. Every time God spoke to me or every time I needed something, I prayed and then it manifested. About three days later, everything seemed to be that for some reason. But on that Saturday, on that Saturday, I went to get a haircut in the mall and I was there and I'm getting a haircut and there was a lady that rose on this side of the, of the barbershop and rose on that side, big barbershop. And there was a little boy getting his hair cut, and his mom was sitting there. And she would look back at me. I didn't, well, I didn't know if she was looking at me, Barbara, or other people around, but she kept looking back. She did this three times. And then she got up, and she walked over, and she stood in front of me. She said, I don't know why I came over here, but God told me to tell you something. And she told me everything that God had already told me. And I'm like, there's no way I can deny it. No way would, can anybody talk me out of it. I knew what I had to do. I told my pastor what I had to do, and, and he sat me down who I wouldn't preach anymore. He was mad. He was angry with me because I turned down the ordination, you know, with that church and stuff because I did all the tests, everything I needed to do, but God told me, don't accept it. So I didn't. So he was kind of angry with me. And he, he said, what do you want? You, what, what title do you want? I said, I don't want a title. I just want to see people's souls get saved. And, that, and so that's why I told him. He smirked when I told him that, so I guess it was a good answer. But I didn't want a title. I just wanted people to get saved. And I still want that today. Amen. I've always wanted that. But so, but that, that's what happened. Um, so he told, then three months passed. I said, Lord, I said, I know where and I know what, but when do I go? And he said, do it now. He said, do it now. So I'm in Columbus or close to Columbus, uh, Harris County, and I get on Zillow, and I start looking for a place to live here. And so my sister was getting a real estate license. She called me. I told her what I was doing. She said, I'm going to have my broker call you in the morning. So he called me. He said, I'm going to send you a list of homes. He sent me a list of 28 homes. And uh, I looked at it. I said, hey, I want this one. He said, well, pick out some other ones. I said, no, I just want this one. I'm going to send you some more listings tonight. I said, no, I want this one. And, uh, and I showed it to my wife. She said, mm-mm, something about that house. And I told her agent. I said, show it to us in the way. And uh, the, the picture did not do it justice because when she saw it, she loved it. Real estate said, I didn't expect this because I was asking for certain things. He said, the odds of you getting what you're asking for, especially with the first house, is, is not going to happen. But we went there and we put a contract on the house. It's been on the market for two years and nobody, only three people, we were the third people to look at it. Other people didn't qualify. And so we went home and we put our house on the market on that Thursday. So the agent came 
And I'm going to hurry up. I'm going to hurry up, y'all. <laughs> the agent came. This is God. I'm telling you, it was God speaking. This is what happened. The agent came, and she took down information, took some pictures with her cell phone, posted the sign out by the mailbox, and took off. Hour and a half later, a van drives up the driveway, and, and this, this family gets out. They say, hey, we just saw this posting, and we've been looking for two years, and we haven't found a house yet. And I said, baby, this got to be the one. And she says, let's, get, let's go look at it. We jumped in the van, and we came here. And I, they said, we've been pre-approved already. I said, you pre-approved? They said, can we, can we look around? I said, you pre-approved? You can look inside, too. Come on. And so <laughs> they came in there. And he, I said, park over there. He got out. He said, I'm a pastor. My name is Anthony. I said, my name is Anthony. I'm going to be a pastor. And so we talked for like four and a half hours. It was after midnight, about 1230 when they left and went home. So they put a contract on the house. And so it just happened just like that. <clears throat> and it was a whole lot of things happened, but I knew God was in it. Because the agent that sold me, sold us the house we're in now, his name was Jeff. The lady who, the agent who sold my house in Harris County, her name was Chris. The people we bought the house from was Jeff and Chris. You know, I mean Terry. I'm talking about Terry, Jerry, Terry, um, Jerry and Terry. Uh, Jeff and Terry. Get the story right, right? <laughs> That's why she's here on the front row to correct me. <laughs> I heard a clap. You must have just got married, didn't you? <laughs> But anyway, God is not mute, y'all. God still speaks. We have to listen. Now, there's another scripture that I had. It was John chapter 10, verse 27. And, and the, the, I don't want to say kid pastor. I don't know her name. I mean, was the youth director, was, she, was, um, she quoted that, that scripture. It says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. That's it right there. His sheep. And all you got to do when you hear his voice, just be obedient and know it. God still speaks. He's the same yesterday, today, forever. He does not change. He is no respecter of person. When he spoke to his people in the Bible, he is still speaking to his people today. Has God spoken to you? Has he been trying to tell you something? You need to listen. You need to obey. There was one more scripture. Uh, Psalms 51, 10 and 11. You have that one? I'll tell you what it is, even if you don't have it. But you know, Psalms, they're, they're songs. You know, music songs, right? That's what they are. David used to sing them. And in, there, in the song, Psalms 51, it says, Created me. A clean heart, O oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. And cast me not away from thy presence. Take not thine Holy Spirit from me. So what I like to do, they don't even have to put it up. I like to sing it for you. I'm not a singer. Don't throw anything. I'm, we were still worshiping. <laughs> and so it goes like this. And if you know the scripture, you can sing along. It says, create in me a clean heart. Oh God, and renew a right spirit within me, and cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thine Holy Spirit from me. That's the scripture. And you get your heart right, then God can speak to you and you can hear him. So one more time. Create in me a clean heart. Oh God, 
and renew a right spirit within me and cast me not away from thy presence and take not thine Holy Spirit from me. With my hands lifted high, I will praise you as king. What have I done to deserve a love like yours? With my voice lifted high, I will praise you as king. What have I done to deserve a love like yours? To deserve, to deserve, to deserve a love like yours. To deserve, to deserve, to deserve a love like yours. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Can we stand? Hallelujah. Give God a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We love you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.